Hello and welcome to Big Bad Books, the podcast where I've reminded myself because we got it wrong last week. <laughs> we read them yep. so you don't have to. You can if you want. You can if you want. But and also, no at the moment, I'm not. I'm not reading. We is, yeah, we is sort of the royal we for Isaac. <laughs> That's kind um, of are reading them so you don't have to. I've clued you in there. Mm-hmm. The guy opposite me, yes, who has been doing the reading, he is Isaac. God bless you. Hello and welcome. Thank you. Um, to my my podcast. Yeah, it's really kind of you. It's great to be back on. I'm I'm your host, yep. host prime Declan. Are you host prime with this show? I don't That's know why crazy. not. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Why well, it makes sense because you've only got half a degree in English. Yeah, that's true. Whereas you've made I've it sound got... like I failed my degree. I did a joint honors degree. Yeah, but only half it was. Yeah, only half it was English. It was English. The, the other the, half, the other half managed to be half. even less of a subject. Philosophy <laughs> is the only subject worth studying, in my view. We had an episode last week, and it was a very strange episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to do our usual because we're trying to do a thing. I have to do like a recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened last time? And when we when we sort of conceived of the concept for both the show and the recap. The idea was it was going to be like a 60 seconds, tick-tock, tick-tock. You know, you've got to like rush through to get... There isn't enough to fill even 10 seconds of recap from these chapters. It makes you wonder how... How how proficiently we managed to string it out into over an hour's <laughs> worth of content, but that's just the professionals that we are. For sure. Um, last week, then, mm-hmm. let me tell you, absolutely nothing happened in this chapter. The only thing that maybe happened is there was a hint, there was a threat mm-hmm. from Klein that maybe, just maybe, he was sort of like inching his way towards some character development. Yes. That maybe Tentative. Wade Owen Watts was not just the even two-dimensional seems generous mm-hmm. um kind of like mary sue that we, we'd always known him to be mm-hmm. uh, and that maybe he he was a flawed figure some sort of like harmar like hamlet before him yeah a flawed I, I individual see a lot of traces mm. in those characters hamlet, maybe Ian McKellen will be hamlet of course always Wade. referencing other stuff as well non-stop yeah i mean he puts what's more gamer than putting on a show in the play that you're in that's that is that's just the same as move. when wade acts out war games yeah and that's it is the same it, and it's the same as when klein references his own work as yeah. a reference in his new work it's really good is what we're saying basically the only the main things that happened last time were he had a meeting with his board which includes his girlfriend Rex. his ex-girlfriend um, she's selfishly trying to make the world a better place, <laughs> getting in the way of it's his so plans annoying, to make it much, much worse. Yeah. Um, we've discovered that the the Oni yeah. is just constantly doing brain scans on everyone. So they've got a big scan of everyone's brain every time they and go in or don't out. Don't worry, they don't delete any of that data. No, they would, they, they've, they're keeping it well under wraps. Really, the only thing that they discussed at the board meeting other than a firmware update so that you didn't lobotomize yourself by spending too much time was that they've got more data storage facilities just so they can keep so all they can of that keep data. all those brain scans yeah. that's helping to update the ersatz earth yeah which seems largely pointless anyway yeah. but whatever um and yeah she's just really not happy with him and he's he's just sort of, sort of a sad lonely Dickhead, didn't he? We found yeah. that Shoto was uh, like repopulating Japan almost single-handedly. single-handedly, even though apparently elsewhere there were too many people. Yes, yeah, that's confusing to think about, but best not to investigate. No, too no, much. no, no, no. Um, and yeah, you're quite right that it was plot light, but also character heavy. Like we mm. got dialogue between upwards of two characters at a time, <laughs> and it was a lot to. Navigate. I wasn't ready personally. I'm glad that you skimmed it first because yeah. I. 
My yeah. little brain would have shut down. That's what I do. Now, the theme for this episode is abundance. Mm. Um, and it's really, okay. it's really the skill of an artist to, to colour in light and shade, right? To, to represent the highs and lows of the human experience. We had some real absence of, of motion, perhaps, with the narrative in the last chapter. Very much. Which is not to say we didn't enjoy it. I would say it's actually the best chapter so far in some mm. ways. Um, this one really... I don't know, maybe it was an editor's note where they were like, Ernest, there weren't any games referenced in that one. Uh, Ernie, we're, we're 60 <laughs> pages in, nothing's happened. Yeah, well, I think also it's not just about like nothing having happened, it's about like a lot of the hallmarks of Ready Player One were noticeably lacking from that chapter in terms they were. of primarily the obsessive degree of referencing. Yeah. And it's in chapter and that was zero, because, zero. And that was because he, he'd sort of like... He'd taken a good step forward, a little bit of progression in, in and of himself, and he's left that behind. Yeah, he left it behind with that chapter, yeah, if that's what you're driving at. Yeah, but like, I well, mean... He get, gets back to it. You mean he left it back in... Oh. You may remember that this chapter, which we will launch into now, begins thus. Hello, I shouted at the six-fingered man one final time. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Oh, good. Prepare to die. Oh, yes, I remember you mentioning yeah. it. Yeah, so, good, good, good. We launch into chapter 0004. It's really cha- the sixth chapter. We, you know, it's confusing. We're not trying to keep up with how the numbers work. No, no, point. no. We launch in uh, a technique that I know you love, in media res. That's one of the big ones, he doesn't isn't it? Say, it's one of my favourites. Once upon a time, I started a fight with the six-fingered man. He just, he's in the fight. And he's straight in. It's fun for the reader because you get, you're like, whoa, whoa, what what's going fuck? on hello how'd this happen you wonder and you're like wow this harks back to sort of like Homer in the Odyssey that's that's yeah. like an it's like a sort of re- he hasn't directly referenced it because he was referencing maybe a movie Ho- maybe Homer referenced this I guess is one way of uh, yeah, thinking about that it that is another way of seeing <laughs> it isn't it and who's to say otherwise yeah all roads <laughs> could potentially lead to Klein I could have just killed him at that point oh, so basically he's having a fight with he, it, as you can probably tell He's acting out some kind of movie shit. He's back yeah. on the fucking bullshit. Is or he being in a film? He's not. He's got the of, AR goggles on. Or he's, it's not AR. He's full. Oh, he's in the only. He's fully he's in, in the only. He's doing something called a flick sync, which is where you like you're in a synchronized. You're sort of synchronizing your actions to a yeah. movie. It's exactly the plot device from Ready Player One, where he did War Games, but now he's doing it with Princess Bride. Small um, interjection, then. Yeah, go for it. Uh, if you could choose any character from film to watch me flick sync oh yeah who would it be and I think I'll think it, about it for you as well I think it would be Darth Sidious from the Star Wars is wow I think is he the, the one with like you... eight with four arms no no he's which he's one he's the emperor oh yeah, yeah right I see yeah. I see who was I thinking of or maybe I've thought of a better one Dobby one. you could be Dobby's that's really interesting because I was thinking for you that I would love to see you flick sync Mike Wazowski oh I'd love to <laughs> I think it would be, do that I'd love to see That'd you do really his big good. like run and like his little... when they have to do that song when they're pretending not to be <laughs> that thing trouble, back yeah. from oh, so help me. me very good oh um, yeah no that'd be good I could have just killed him at that point and completed the quest but the flick sync gave you bonus points for correctly reciting all of your character's dialogue and I was trying to get a perfect score this time around so what it's follows sing is it's star but for, for, for even bigger movie. cunts yeah. right okay cool what happens is for a page and a half, it's just... I mean, it just is the... I assume the script of Princess and, Bride. And I don't know off by heart. Sorry, maybe I missed it in that sentence. Are you just doing a character? Yes. Right. You're one character. Could you time. Could you then, like, not sort of cheat the system, get 
um, get full points by I don't know choosing like some guy in the background who just comes in like hello it's a great question actually addressed here uh, there are only certain it's like someone has to set this up right so they only set it up for the main characters because there's no way in, there's no way an AI could set this up for you no there's no no there's no, no 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 he's AIs, got, they don't know about he's got a, he's got a super armored robotic spider tank coffin that in the real world yeah. can just like escape and is invincible but they couldn't get an AI to sort of yeah, scrape the dialogue of a movie. I agree with you. Okay. Um, so it's just the lines from Princess Bride that happen now, which raises a kind of curious question about if you could, like, how much of another film you can just put in a book and, and get away with it being your own book. He fights the six-fingered man. Well, he's already fought him, and he's killing him now. And this, the movie ends as the movie ends. He's, like, riding off on a horse to the song Storybook Love. Um, and then his quest ends and you're like oh a quest that sounds fun a chime sounded and a message appeared on my HUD congratulating me on completing the Princess Bride quest nice with a perfect score of one million points wow which one is just million such points a that's such a fucking like number. eight year old saying, I got, yeah, a, I got million a million points. points then the message disappeared and that was it good sentence sure um, the reason he's disappointed though is not just because this is a very boring thing he's described it's because he thought something was going to happen that didn't and oh, the no. thing he thought was that he was going to get some kind of shard out of this oh. why don't you remind us of the shard riddle I'd love to be able to <laughs> I'd truly love to be able to from from recollection uh, basically the dude who set the first James one James Halliday that's yeah. him yeah who I believe he bestowed onto our boy Anorak's robes, the robes of Anorak. Yeah. The sometime mentioned. Oh, good. Um, now, he turns out that he set the puzzle in the first one, and then also, for no real reason that we can discern, he's also just set another puzzle. Yeah. The reason being so that Ernest could write another book. He had a lot um, of fun doing the first one, probably, and he like yeah. probably finished that. He shipped that puzzle, and he was like, you but, know what? It's like when someone famous retires too early and you're like yeah. you'll be back you'll be, you'll back. be fucking back yeah you've got more to control. offer yeah. so so he did another one and it's about like collecting is it the seven shards the seven shards yeah indeed, and you've got of to, the siren's of the soul. siren's soul cool yeah. uh one of them maybe has been found no has it not Apparently, i thought that there was some guy who or he got close or something yeah, they were mentioning they did but, mention something but i don't know what it was yeah and then but yeah basically there's this idea that whenever they're found our boy Wade yeah. is going to have to pay a toll. Yeah, unclear unspecified. What? Unclear whether it's anything more than just a convenient rhyme with soul, or if it's going to almost have a significant certainly. Plot yeah. Um, the Princess Bride, he reasons, had been one of Kira Underwood, who is the siren. Uh, she was the wife. I, th- I be- well, she was the unrequited love interest of James Halliday, right? And the wife of his like best friend and co-founder Ogden Morrow. Oh, Og. I he goes by Og. Og. Yeah. You can really meal out the, yeah um it'd been one of her favorite films and she'd helped create all of the interactive oasis quests based on it including the controversial gender swapped the prince groom in which buttercup oh. is the swashbuckling heroine and wesley serves as the damsel in distress just subversive yeah which I no that is good he it's also can i say it's a bit like that that old new ghostbusters movie mm, where they did the I same see that one. they did a swap where instead of the ghost one. Busters. It was the ghost busteresses. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, quite cool. that's like, yeah. Um, once my avatar finished rematerializing, basically he leaves the quest because he was expecting that when he nailed that with all the points that you need, a million, you may remember, some sort of shard would happen and he'd yeah. have won the puzzle. He probably, 
I was going to say he was probably practicing for ages to do that, but in all no, likelihood, no, he, he probably knew it all he did anyway. It. He done it uh a few times like he he tried it a few times after nearly a dozen attempts he'd finally done it oh okay cool yeah. oh that's fine yeah. um he teleports away from here for free because he's got the roads of Adam. yeah 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 and he settles into a comfy tng that's the star trek the next generation era captain's chair that he's installed in his command center on falco Oh, that's uh, good. Which is pretty cool. I think you'll agree. Yeah, yeah. He opens up his Grail diary. Now, this is a very important part of Ready Player One. It's basically his just notebook of all the knowledge. Of all the things he knows. All the things that Halliday It's liked. got the whole script of war games in it. A couple of times. Once again, I began scanning the vast mountain of data I'd collected over the past eight years about James Halliday and his life, work, associates and interests. Um, and the reason he's doing this, of course, is because he's trying to find out more about Kira, the siren herself. Right. Um... He says that he was forced to burn the original Grail Diary in the previous book because the bad company were going to get their hands on it. And then in that classic Ernest Cline way of problem-solution... Yeah. But luckily, I'd made high-res scans of the notebook's pages beforehand and stored them in my Oasis account. We're led to believe that this is like a substantial quantity of of data. And it's hard to countenance the idea that you'd both be so stressed that you have to run away and burn all your belongings, but also have enough time to just scan everything in. Yeah. Just as a reminder, the riddle... but if he but if he hadn't done that, then he wouldn't have access to it in this book. That's true. So, it, you know, so it kind of be, it kind of balances yeah, out, isn't it? Yeah. Seek the seven shards of the siren's soul on the seven worlds where the siren once played a role. For each fragment, my heir must pay well a toll scanned. to once again make the siren whole. That's the riddle. Just so we are all on the same page. Um, the cool thing about wade that you alluded to earlier is that he's not just wearing a normal set of robes no <laughs> one of I, the super you're joking, user you? abilities the robes of anorak gave me wow i love that he keeps saying super user abilities so again times. this is perhaps the like apotheosis of how ridiculous the robes of anorak are going to get as a plot device i assume like i can't see that they could get more mm. profoundly just nonsensical than this one of the super user abilities the robes of Anorak gave me was the ability to... What might be the end of this sentence? Raise the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can do that. In the, in the Oasis, you can. Cool. Like, if normally if someone dies, they have to, like, respawn, they lose all the stuff, but you can raise the dead. So Oh, good. Okay, fine. That's, sorry, that I've gone for something too simple. <laughs> Go on. Aim bigger. Let's have a look. Um, Find it, and it just, kill it just, the almighty. It just po- <laughs> <laughs> look at God and walk backwards into hell. Um... Maybe he can just, uh, maybe it just finds all the shards for him. <laughs> Not far off. Oh, okay. I mean, you're actually exactly on Wade's wavelength, <laughs> what we might call the Wade length. Oh, nice. One of the super user abilities the robes of Anorak gave me was the ability to simply wish for things out loud. <laughs> the system would almost always grant my wish. That's just like, that's such so good. Incredible. Like, it's that and the million points reference have me kind of wondering if Ernest is doing this on purpose. Because that's like, you know, even a fanfic author of just brand new dipping into the concept for the first <laughs> I time. I wished for three more wishes. They would even consider that like a broken. Like, if yeah. Harry Potter got a spell that was just like a I spell can that wish. does anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wishio! I would just be like, no, come on. That's a yeah. bit much. But no, he tries wishing for information about the seven shards and a message flashes across his HUD that says, nice try, cheater. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's very funny, yeah. So I had no choice but to keep on searching for the shards myself, he says, as if he's been doing that at all in the last chapters. 
And once I committed to that quest, I gave it my absolute all. He again lies. Yes. It now being years into the quest, he's been summarily <laughs> avoiding for the whole book thus far. I don't. It didn't even feel like he'd been avoiding it. It just felt like he just Forgot did not care. It. Yeah. Like it also feels a bit like. Ernest forgot that he'd already introduced it. Yeah. It had the fit because it, it wasn't even like running in the background. It didn't even appear to be sort of like at the edge of his thought. He wasn't using it as an engine for creating tension in there. No. At all. It, it was just like in chapter one, it got set up. Mm. And then maybe in chapter whatever, X, it was like, oh, maybe I should get back to that. It felt like he really jumped the gun on, on releasing the yeah. shard riddle. It feels to me like it's something you would do if you were like improvising a story, is like throw out a bunch of plot hooks and see which ones people kind of are like, ooh, mm. seven shot. Maybe just no one... And then as soon as anyone did, you just ignored that. Yeah. Cut that line loose. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you now uh, an extract that's about a paragraph long, and it's really, it's really pure Ready Player bullshit. Ready player bullshit. <laughs> I studied every reference to the number seven in Anorak's Almanac. I also played and solved every video game in his con- in his collection that was related sure. to the number seven. The Seven Cities of Gold, 1984. The Seven Spirits of Ra, 1987. Kid Cool and the Quest for the Seven Wonder Herbs, 1988. The Seven Gates of Jambala, 1989. As we've said before, the thing that makes this much better is the knowing the year. Oh, you have to know the year. You have to I have know, know the year. He about. said the Seven Gates of Jambala or whatever, and and just left me floundering, <laughs> wondering where in head. time was this. <laughs> I it would it would ruin the emotional connection for me. Ishar Three, The Seven Gates of Infinity, 1994. Well, that Super feels more Mario like a reference RPG, to 21. Legend of the Seven Stars, 1996. Then I went overboard and also played any game that had the number 7 in its title, like Sigmar 7, Stellar 7, Lucky 7, Force how, 7, how Pitman are those, 7, how are those Escape different from to the, Pulsar to the other ones? 7. I even subjected myself to Keeper of the Seven Keys, a four-part concept album by Halloween, a German power metal band from Hamburg, founded in 1984. He just Googled the number 7. He, <laughs> Ernest Googled seven the number 7. Disambiguation. Yep, yeah. and then just, just like copy-paste... Uh, yeah. It, uh, when he when he sent off the original like draft of this to the editor, those all had hyperlinks. He had to like take them out one by one because yeah. he had literally just dragged <laughs> it across from the Wikipedia. It still had the little like square brackets. Yeah, when exactly for the citation. <laughs> there is a paragraph now which sort of feels quite on the nose for Ernest. It almost feels like he doesn't want to be writing the book here, and he's asking a really valid question. Um, and for my money, not necessarily answering it immediately. I considered calling it quits and giving up on the shards altogether. I mean, why was I wasting my time trying to solve Halliday's insipid side quest anyway? What was I hoping would happen? I had already achieved wealth and fame in reality, and in the Oasis, my avatar was all-powerful and invulnerable. I had nothing more to prove to anyone. I'd already beaten the odds and accomplished the impossible once. Didn't need to do it again. Sorry, I thought he said he'd massively committed himself full on. Well, it didn't last for very long. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Well, I suppose that's... That fickle nature is, yeah. is part of the character development, it is, isn't it's it? It is. It's part of the, the wonderful tapestry. Of I'm the, sure it won't be the case that an answer just sort of like falls in his lap and, and reinvigorates. Uh, that yeah, that would be trite. That, I yeah, that, like if 
And if that won't happen, it wouldn't happen in the same chapter. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's not at all. Yeah, get that out of the way early. Basically, he he asks that question to himself and then answers it that he just has this feeling that if he doesn't find them, something terribly bad will happen. He's got this sense of dread. Toll does seem to it does imply seem to that. Imply yeah. quite it, it's not straightforward. It's not like prescience on his part. Yeah. It is it is a veiled threat. I imagine maybe the robes of Anorak give him more insight into one of the super user abilities is knowing what words mean. Yeah. That was what ultimately prompted me to offer a billion dollar reward for any information that helped me locate one of the seven shards, but I posted it two years ago and it had yet to be claimed. We learn now about this very interesting, I'm sure you'll agree, system of emails that Ernest, that, sorry, Wade has set up related to this like tips. Easy line, mistake to make. Um, where people can get in touch if they think they've seen a shard or heard someone going on about a shard. They've tripped over something they think it could be a shard. You can imagine. He's, he's like. He's taken all of the TV license super vans. Yeah. <laughs> just sent them around the streets. As you can imagine from the fact that, like, any time anyone asks for tips about anything, mad people get in touch to sort of say Oh, they love it. They can't get imagined. enough. When there is a billion dollars in a world that is crumbling into dust, he mm. gets a lot of emails. Luckily, he'd set up an elaborate series of email filters, a fun thing to read and write about. Yeah, yeah, that is good. <laughs> to sort out all the duplicate and obviously bogus submissions. Um, what, and just because on. this is somewhere where I would like him to go into a bit more detail, what does he mean by obviously bogus? It's he doesn't have unclear. a clue what, what is right. Maybe someone's like, oh, I saw one of the shards, it told me to kill my brother. Like, that would probably be a bogus he, submission. I mean, could Not be. Not necessarily. He doesn't know. Yeah. There's a bit here where it's almost like Ernest's forgotten the plot of his own book. And he no. says he has weighed wonder about the wording of the Shard Riddle, uh, which we haven't dived deep into, but we have obviously... Well, that's drawn because the book didn't want us to. Yeah, we've drawn attention to the, the idea, well, the sentence that he says here. I often wondered if the whole idea of the reward was hopeless to begin with. The answer was right there in the third line of the Shard Riddle. Quote, for each fragment, my heir must pay a toll. And here's the bit where, like, I just truly don't know what he means. If I, Wade Watts, the sole heir to Halliday's fortune, was the heir the riddle was referring to, which, just as an aside, is obviously true. You must be. Then I would be the only person in the world who could find the seven shards, since I would be the only one who could once again make the siren whole. That's just, not what the It doesn't follow what it, says. what it says at all. No, it doesn't. I wonder if he's setting up clumsily here the fact that he isn't the heir. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be it's like... Going to be, it's going to be Halliday's. half three miss. Well, yeah, that's probably true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it going to be because she's Halliday's daughter or something? Good. Oh, that could be powerful. Yeah. Or it'll be because he knew that Wade would release the tech and that she wouldn't. Yeah, maybe. He, Even though he didn't know who Wade he didn't was. Know who, he didn't know who <laughs> he any of them He had the robes of Anorak, though, so to be clear, he probably One of the super user insight. abilities is knowing the Prescience. plot of the next book. <laughs> um, that would explain why the millions of gunters out there who were scouring the Oasis... Oh, they're back. Night and day for any trace of the shards had all come up empty-handed for three years running now. This has big energy of Walking Dead episode writing, Game of Thrones episode writing, what I mean is shit TV episode writing... Mm -hmm. Where if you have a character in your opening scene who you haven't seen for a while, or if you have a plot point in your first 10, at, ten minutes, uh, it's because it's going to be resolved in this very episode. Yeah. Um, so just hold on to that. Slash they're going to die. We haven't heard 
anything about the Shard Riddle for three years now. <laughs> wow, what, what would be crazy? It would be true. When I wild. wake the next morning, <laughs> there was a shard Stop. by my bed. No, no, you don't. Don't preempt. <laughs> don't need to talk now, shit. He, he throws out this idea that maybe the reason no one's got in touch is because no one else can see or interact with them and mm. it has to be him in a way that, as we've said, makes really no sense. And he says it was entirely possible, actually, that anyone could find the shards and Halliday had simply hidden them fiendishly well. Immediately kind of both sides in the issue. His own, yeah. He, he realised he'd given it away too much and then he'd, he'd lost the delete key. There's such a... These pages, like, really fucked me up when I was reading them because they just feel like... They just feel like it, he truly has sustained a kind of traumatic head injury and is having to re-explain a plot point that he came up with to himself because he now having sort of misunderstood the that part of the riddle he now to be fair does understand this part but in a way that just didn't need to be explained again because the riddle explained it it feels like what the riddle was hinting at is that there would be seven of these shots like that's the level of thing so he says he says, uh, the first two lines of the shard reel were infuriatingly vague. Seek the seven shards of the siren's soul on the seven worlds where the siren's once played a role. If I was interpreting these lines correctly, you can imagine him like yeah. stroking his moustache. The seven shards were hidden on seven planets inside the oasis. Seven worlds where the siren, a.k.a. Kira Morrow, quote, once played a role. <laughs> But that's what it says. You're not interpreting it. You're just like passing the language. You're, just yeah, you're like, actually just repeating it. It's really weird. Like it's really. If I if I'm reading this play correctly, <laughs> in my understanding, there was tomorrow a dream in and the, in tomorrow the night. and tomorrow <laughs> creeps in this petty pace from day to day, right up until the last <laughs> syllable of recorded time. It's pretty much the vibe I'm getting. Did you pick up? Don't yeah, know if you I did. Yeah. We learn that Kira also goes by the avatar name Lucosia, which is a reference to something cool and ancient. Um, Lucozade. Yeah. <laughs> she used to be the chief art director for Gregarious Systems uh, Solutions Software, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. And this means that, unfortunately, it's quite difficult to narrow down what having playing a role could mean, because she artistically defined... Like one of these people who's an executive producer on everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you were trying to find... Like- <laughs> Like when we when we were watching the the fantastic MTV series Scream, the best TV and, series of all time. Yeah. yeah, and series three, one of the executive producers was the deceased Wes Craven. Well done, Wes. <laughs> it's like well done him. <laughs> um, basically, he's now just going to talk for the rest of the chapter about which planet he thinks it's on, and this again falls into the category. I think Ernest is falling back into some dark habits from Ready Player One oh, that he previously no. got away from. Which is just fan service. It's just fan service and references, Good. and that's all. So uh, bef- before we do that, oh, shall yeah. I shall I launch into some of our other content? Because I'd hate it's it's truly um like optimistic of you to think that we're halfway through the. Chapter. Oh no! That, by all means, give us <laughs> no, a no. I'm, I mean, I <laughs> no, no, I'm no, happy to. Okay, well, I I I foolishly thought that, like you said. The rest was just going to be some fan yeah. service. So then it, it we'd do that. this. We'd get it is that, we'd get the seven short. planets, and then we'd just call it a day. Yeah. In about sort of twenty minutes or so, but I, that's fine. I've not got anything to do, so it's mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine. Um, you, 
listeners may remember that last week's kind of like interim yeah. um, material was some writing tips from the internet's yeah. Chuck Wendig. And that's what you call him. That's what he calls himself. Oh, okay. He also calls himself a word scientist, as you may remember. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, we had some sort of like relatively decent tips hmm. box very standard phrased. but very annoying it was like phrased. the most obvious advice repackaged in a way that made you want to punch yourself in the teeth that made you want to go no I won't I won't do that on principle I'm going to use more adverbs yeah. <laughs> than you can shake a stick at um, so what I thought is that we could we continue just to see if it A if the, the quality up. of tip you know remains or B if the sort of like style just it's almost like an endurance exercise. I want to see how far we can go before you just hit me yeah. instead. So we did the first six, ending on what would Franzen do? What would oh, Jonathan yeah. Franzen do? A it's one. a very good tip. Um, so tip seven is panic. Okay. Just freak out. This is a Douglas Adams Chuck. reference, isn't it? Just Already. freak out, man. Yeah, seriously. What the fuck are you doing? Swearing now that. It's cool. That is cool. It is cool. You're a writer. That's a bad decision. You should have gone to school and been an accountant. People need accountants. You fucked up, but now here we are. And the only choice you have is to lose your shit and go for broke. Okay, yeah. Yeah? In what way? I I guess I was wondering. Well... uh, Because it sounds like he's sort of encouraging, like, a a shoot. A sort of massacre, yeah. yeah. Um, He doesn't actually expand on that. That's fine. Sorry about that. But the next point, now this is one that we believe in, show, don't tell. Mm. That's good advice. Really good. That more writers could use. Annoyingly, it's one that Chuck himself could use perhaps more than anyone because he won't stop telling us things. He tells you it and then he tells you it three more ways. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We're getting some callbacks here to earlier tips. Um, So yeah, don't say anything. Don't even use words. Use pictures and sounds. I wrote a whole novel in grunts and pictograms. That novel was called The Chronicles of Narnia. I don't understand what he means by that. Well, that it's no, but it's a very cool joke. But is he saying that Narnia is bad or good, or he's saying nothing about he's, the um, of Narnia? No, what he's saying, I'll, I'll read it again. Yeah, maybe he said, I didn't get it. He said, "Use pictures and sounds." I wrote a whole novel in grunts That's and pictograms. A joke. I understand that. That novel was called The Chronicles of Narnia. Why is it called that though? You could have like, is there a reason that he said The Chronicles of Narnia at the end of that joke rather than literally any other work of fiction at all? If there is, please tell me I might be being dense. Point nine is <laughs> is fuck the first draft. Fuck it. Okay, as, fuck it off. As Hemingway said, the first draft of everything is shit. So don't write a first draft. Just skip it. Start with the second draft. Boom. Now you're a published author. Next secret, skip the second draft too and start with the third. Kapow! Now you're a <sighs> best-selling me. author. It's like That's it's- how it happens... That's the magic. He's got big peeves energy from the from the games specifically, yeah. where he comes to try and knock you off a, a pointless beam that you're having to navigate. <laughs> That's covered in slime. Just horrible. Just a huge health and safety. <laughs> like he's a man who just seems to like delight in just being like actively annoying for the sake of it. Yeah. What, but he doesn't think that. No, I almost think he, he does know that he's being annoying. I don't think he does. You can't write that set of sentences I, and not realise that that's annoying. No, I, I I, have a feeling that he genuinely... He knows that it's annoying, but he thinks people are annoyed kind of with him. Or, like, in a, in a way that they find funny. Rather than it just being in a way that is is hateful. Yeah. Is contemptuous. It's an unfortunate mistake to have made, Chuck. 
here's another good joke that he rips off from from someone else. Write one thousand words a day, he says, mm-hmm. but don't write them in order. Ah, uh, that's how you confuse the witches. Witches, which he mentioned earlier he said that earlier in one of the other I didn't remember that yeah, I'm sure if I did I'd be howling you can put the words in order later when the witches are asleep in, in this their tower this has got to the point where it's no longer writing advice like a few points ago it had nothing to mm. do with writing so what is this article for I guess I wonder well, where okay. is it published is I, it on his site yeah on his su- site Chuck Wendig colon terribleminds.com yeah. I mean it's quite an annoying Insecure. thing to do because imagine you are a writer looking for genuine advice from the internet's Chuck Wendig He's just chatting shit now. He's just jacking off onto the page. Okay, okay. That maybe that's fair, but possibly harsh. Yeah. Let's see what the next three Okay, let's the, see if he pulls it back. We'll do three more. He might have some like advice like here is a good book you can read about formatting a manuscript. Fan- fantastic that you should say that because point 11 is study other successful writers. Mm, okay. Other writers have done this well, so study what they do. Look at their sentence structure. Examine the rhythm of their storytelling. Chart the map of their many footsteps, ideally tracking them with RFID tags. Rifle through their trash like a raccoon. He's done that thing again. Steal their debit cards. Eat their food and their bank statements and the hair you find in the shower drains, all while miming their mannerisms in a mirror. Live under their floors or behind their walls. That way you know the ideal time to strike. Pop them with a trank dart and once asleep, search their bodies for ancient sigils and secret messages tattooed there. Then lock them in a cage and steal their manuscripts for your own. Become them by performing the rites. Or say fuck it and go back to number four, where you bludgeon them and eat their brains. I That one sucks the most of all of them so far. Chuck is the kid who, like, he's, he's Bart Simpson in that episode where Bart accidentally becomes super famous for saying, like, one catchphrase. Yeah. And it's just an episode about how, like, toxic positive reinforcement yeah. <laughs> leads to a really shit outcome. Like, someone once made the fatal and truly like crucial mistake of of going <laughs> when chuck said one of these instances of being like let's go for lunch no let's go for food where we shove it down our pig faces yeah and then we swallow it into our <laughs> gully works like and and they were just like so confused they just accidentally laughed and chuck made that his only personality it's that it's it's a he's the living embodiment of that tweet that's like uh I don't. Uh, I don't really get on with my dad. Like sees people smiling. In fact, I don't fucking like anyone or anything. Yeah. Like it's. It's just the whole. The whole thing is like as soon as there, as you say, there's the tiniest bit of encouragement. And I. I truly believe that he only needed it once. It's never happened since. Yeah, wouldn't he? Just he's riding off that. But no, but that is his only. It thing, did though, start isn't it? like that's the only thing he knows how to do. In yeah, writing. yeah, yeah. Like, no, that is the only thing he knows to say one thing. And then just keep saying more of that one thing in, in increasingly irrelevant ways that seem kind of like hot that sport. But that's creative. That's creativity, yeah, isn't it? I suppose it? so. Now, look, no, but you've got to admit that one started out okay. I, I lost the thread of what it was about. It was study other successful writers. Right. Yeah, and it started out okay. So maybe the next two, maybe like, okay, maybe he'll rein it in as he goes on. Um, what were we on? We had number 11, so we're on number 12. Point number 12 is eat bees. Eat bees. Fuck off, Chuck. You've got to eat some bees, man. Come on. Just fucking eat them already. We all do it. They're full of protein. They also sting you as you eat them, which activates your imaginatory gland. So eat a handful of bees, and then you get jacked on cool thoughts and ideas. Eat the bees. Don't be a baby about it. It's just nothing, is it? It's not anything. It's not funny. No, but, it's not good. No, hang on. But it's not funny because... Right. It's the setup 
for the punchline that is point 13, which oh. is stop eating bees. All right, you've eaten too many bees. It's weird. You've got a problem. Go to a meeting. Bees are going extinct. The fuck is wrong with you? You told me to do it, That's No, but it's... Was that the end of point 13? That's the end of point 13, yeah. That... I hate this article. That... I actually hate this a lot more than Ready Player <laughs> 2. Because I feel like Ernest... Apart from as apart from the Ernest that we see in Nerd Porn Auteur, his slam poem, I feel like he's not a, a like malevolent pre- like presence in the world. Mm. I feel like Chuck Wendig has like a dark, he, sinister he's, yeah, vibe. He's a danger. Everything that he writes, like it takes two sentences to go from being about anything to being about fucking killing, killing stalking, maiming. Yeah. Doing weird rituals. It is exactly bees. It is exactly what we said last week about how he's the he's the sort of American version of Russ in Cheshire. Yeah. Which who's a Twitter presence some of our, our British listeners will know of, who last year became infamous because someone he himself started sharing an old sex blog. Is like honey and treacle or something. Yeah, something like that. Something, something despicable. Where where it went from like someone else who was writing the blog with him telling some kind of like light-hearted story about yeah. a one-night stand to him talking about how he like drove a woman illegally across a border and then was like thinking haha I could like kill her and bury her here and no one would ever know weird it's like weird it's like but it was no but it was done with like a wry a sort of like a twee wry smile uh, so I suppose that's fine then that's probably okay. yeah I mean it's probably okay Okay. Tell well, us about these planets. That's this week's Chuck Wendig. <laughs> See you in a fortnight. More, more next there time. Are more Chuck. Mate, mate. Let me tell you. Let me. What were we on? That was number thirteen. Yeah. There are twenty-five. Wow. That's two more weeks. <laughs> two more fortnights worth. Yeah. So the first of his planets is Florin. This is the planet you just returned of, which is Kira's recreation of the fictional Renaissance-era kingdom featured in The Princess Bride, one of her favourite films. Right. We're going to learn about Kira for the first time, really, here. We only know her as a kind of relational object yeah. to the two I've, big men, Og and James Halliday. That's basically a new character. Yeah, she's a new. She's dead, so there's a kind of limit to how much right, okay. of a role she can play. She's um, dead for now, but one of the super user abilities yeah. is Rose Vanarak. <laughs> I'm... I confidently can say that she will come back as some kind of like she recorded a avatar, avatar message yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. right? Um, I reckon. Here's my pitch. I reckon that the robes of Anorak is going to become her. They'll turn inside out and like be a yeah. It turns out it was her. Turns out it was her all along. Mm, that'd be cool. Um, we're going to learn about her through the not not necessarily the lens of like what she was like as a person or any of her accomplishments on Earth, but through the lens of the, the kind of mass media she liked to consume. And for me, that's the most important thing to know about a person, is like, how do you engage with capitalist-inflected art? Yeah, there that um, is. To be fair, on that, on that like, front, I, whilst, obviously, it's, it's bad. Well, I would just, like, I'm just saying, like, be- like, that is bad. Probably... I would say we could generously say borderline misogynistic uh-huh. to to define your view, but like I I mean I kind of know where Klein's coming from on here, having been back in the old dating world oh, yeah. for a little while. As soon everyone's as, talking about planet Florin, are they? No one's talking about that, but I do know that as positive as someone's profile could be, mm-hmm. if if I get down to do you agree that, and then it says like the US office is better than the UK. Yeah, no, that's, that's a it. report. Then that's it, gone. Um, the planet Thra is a meticulous recreation of the fantasy world depicted in The Dark Crystal, another of her favourite films. Oh, so, she... so far we've got Princess Bride, Dark Crystal. Wow. I don't dislike either of these films. She's kooky, though. Her parents, it turns out, originally named her Karen, and she changed her name legally because of the heroine Kira 
are in the Dark Crystal. Wow. Since the plot of the Dark Crystal concerned a quest to find a missing crystal shard, yeah. seems like an extremely likely candidate this planet, but mm. he's been there and there's fuck all. Okay. Mobius Prime is that, another that actually, world. That possibly could have been interesting. Yeah, no, it's not, though. Oh, okay, good, um, good. Mobius Prime is a tribute to her favourite video game character, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh! She's recreated the world of Mobius Prime, and you probably remember because so, you're sorry, a gamer, aren't you? Sorry, there's something so funny here about like how the characterization of Wade is that he has complete knowledge of some of these like obscenely obscure movies. Like he knows the whole script to war games, yeah. and like just a minute ago, he's like, "I've consumed all these games, you know, Abra Bar and the Seven Shards of the of the Magic Wall, whatever the fuck it yeah. was, 1982." Like. Everything is, and then like the first time that he's sort of describing a new female character, it's like she liked Mario and <laughs> she liked the Star Wars films. Yeah, like it's the most. To be fair to Ernest, on your earlier point, like I don't think we can do him for his lack of depth in female <coughs> characters too much because it's not as if the male characters. They're not. Do no, no, no. I'm not saying they're highly. It's also well drawn out. It's also true that we do only see women through the lens of Wade, and it's a pretty fucked up lens. But yeah, I completely agree that like the in a world where characters are defined by their relationship to pop culture in its specificity and nuance yeah. saying that her favourite character is, is <laughs> Sonic the and also like saying that her favourite movies want- as we're about to see are like these ones that are just like the most standard Classic. things to like yeah. one of them's Doctor Who right like it's fucking hell. it couldn't be more Lord of the Rings as well it couldn't be more bang bog standard yeah like, she's a normie she was a she's a she's <laughs> a well that's women only like simple things that's what is that true? That's what I'm hearing from I did read Ernest. that on a subreddit called Men Going Their Own Way. Oh. Which was unfortunately banned. For oh, some, I can't imagine what why. What for? I what don't. For? I can't imagine. Maybe they took the blue pill. <laughs> um, you'll remember though, as a gamer yourself, that in Sonic the Hedgehog games, there is a quest often to collect seven Chaos Emeralds. So that could be... That's a sort of a shard. That could be a shard, but there's nothing there. It's like so a bit of something. Oh, he okay. keeps like saying, oh, well, this has this relation, but it's irrelevant. This has this relation, but it's irrelevant. I could have written a more interesting book, but I haven't. But I didn't. <laughs> I'd had a similarly frustrating experience on the planet Usagi, which was Kira's tribute to Sailor Moon, her favourite anime. Fucking hell. You'll remember that in Usagi, you collect seven rainbow crystals, which combine to create the legendary silver crystal through kind of a colour metamorphosis that's yeah. unclear to me. All I had to show for my efforts on that planet was an, inex- an impressive familiarity with obscure Sailor Moon trivia and an inexplicable desire to cosplay as Tuxedo Mask, which I may or may not have acted upon in the solitude and privacy of my own home. Fucking I love the idea of Wade just cosplaying by himself. fucking loser. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's just jacking it 24-7. I'd also spent several... I, he gets the robots to Those fucking goggles stink. Uh, those fucking sticky goggles. goggles. Yeah. I'd also spent several months scouring the planet... Gallifrey in Sector 7. It was Kira's recreation of the Time Lord's homeworld in the long-running Doctor Who series, which now comprised over a thousand individual episodes, because it's been ongoing. It's very popular. There's a planet called Halcedonia, which is his, like, best one, because it's one that her and her husband Og made together as, like, a learning place. I think they started a company that was, like, educational software, edutainment, um, where learning, quote, was an endless adventure. And he looks around there and no, there's nothing. Halcedonia hadn't been altered since Kira's death in a car accident in 2034. A point that I'd forgotten about, so it's good that he did. I didn't even know there were really cars. No, I didn't either. Well, we knew there was a van though because he made a museum after the van. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Even though 
Kira Morrow wasn't directly involved in the creation of the last few plans on my list, the private usage logs on her long dormant Oasis account indicated she'd spent a great deal of time on each of them. I read that and I thought, oh, that's a bit interesting, but it's kind of weird that he's going through this dead woman's like browser history, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, he notes that he attempted to look into Halliday and Morrow's private Oasis account logs too, um, but they were both blank. And as I mentioned earlier... <laughs> Once I inherited the robes of Anorak, oh, the same God, became true of my no. own usage log. Basically, he has confirmed via the subpoenas that have been found to verify that there are no usage logs kept of what he does in the Oasis. Um, the same is not true of the co-founders, however. I'd stopped checking H and Shoto's logs years, years ago, partly out of respect for their privacy, but mostly because I quickly discovered I didn't want, want or need to know when they were ducking me to spend time hanging out with other people. So just note, he stopped checking them out of respect it for their privacy. It was mostly out of respect for their privacy. But I still checked Artemis's usage logs oh, at least once a week. Weird. <laughs> she still reenacted the film Metropolitan once or twice a month, usually in the middle of the night. Probably because she couldn't sleep and didn't have anyone to talk to. People in this world are just such (laughs) freaks. He then goes to the planet Miyazaki, uh, which is like plunging your senses into a surreal mashup of all of the different animated realities inside Studio Ghibli films, which is a great way to avoid (laughs) explaining anything or describing (laughs) a single detail. (laughs) He's gone for the the fucking HP Lovecraft idea. An experience that became substantially more intense with an Oni headset. Just in case you were worried, they yeah, yeah, good. no. Then there was Middle Earth, all three versions of it. Kira Morrow had been a well-known Tolkien fanatic. She famously reread The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings every year, which is called cool. boring. Og built Kira a real-world replica of Rivendell in the mountains of Oregon. <laughs> it's just a weird fact. And they what? lived there until she died. And in the real world, in the real world, Fucking of Oregon, hell. real Oregon. Um, he talks about how. The Lord of the Rings worlds are quite complicated ones to explore because they're like the most detailed simulations because everyone loves Lord of the Rings, so there's so much shit there. Chthonia is the last planet on the list, and that's the one he was most confident belonged there. This is Halliday's D&D world setting. He made like a D&D campaign set on this world, and it was where a lot of his early video games were set as well. It was the very first planet Halliday created, making it the oldest world in the simulation. We learn that it's where Lucosia comes from. That was Kira's character in D&D. It was a right. druid named after one of the sirens of Greek mythology. Hang on a minute. Just something to Hang about. on, what's that there? Thinking back on my behaviour made me wince with shame now, he reflects, talking about how he wouldn't stop pestering Ogden Morrow for <coughs> facts about his dead wife <laughs> to try and find shots. <laughs> Why would a retired billionaire want to spend his twilight years being hounded for information about his dead wife? Mm. It was no wonder he'd stopped speaking to me. <laughs> he determined so he is capable of some self-reflection, yeah, 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 yeah. just on a real severe delay. Yeah, he determines that he needs to try and patch things up with Og in order to get more information. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also kind of reflects on the idea that like he's addicted to this search, which is interesting because it's in keeping with Wade's character apart from in this book so far. Yeah. Whereas we've noted he's been thoroughly just uh, ambivalent. He just hasn't given a fuck. Just seven more days, I promised myself, closing my ge- grail diary. How many... How many more days? Seven. Ah. Another week. Hello. If I hadn't made any progress by then, I'd hang it up for good and make my amends with Og. Og didn't want him investigating the fucking shards. He then is about to log out when, bling, an illumination appears on his HUD. Right. It was a single message waiting in my 
SSOSS. Oh, God, fuck account. off. What is that? Seven shards. Seven shards of, of something. Siren's soul. Oh, um, God. And Needless. He's got an email that's made it past the inbox for filters that you've heard previously about. Yeah. Right? This hadn't happened in months. He taps the message to open and begins to read. Dear Mr. Watts, after three years of searching, I finally discovered where one of the seven shards of the siren's soul is hidden and how to reach it. It's good they say it every time. It's located on the planet Middletown, inside the guest bedroom at the Barnett residence, where Kira Underwood lived during her year as an exchange student at Middletown High School. I can make the shard appear, but I can't pick it up, probably because I'm not you, Halliday's, quote, heir. Mm. If you'd like me to show you what I mean, I can. I know you probably receive a lot of bogus leads <laughs> using exactly the same weird yeah. terminology, but I promise this isn't. I'm one surprised of them. the filter didn't get rid of it because it concluded the yeah. word bogus. Your fan, Long Lohengrin, I'm going to say, possibly Lohengrin, I don't know. The O is a zero, just to be clear. I did a double take when I read the sender's name. Lohengrin was the host of a popular Gunter themed YouTube show called The Lowdown. The O is a zero. Just oh, the first one. She had about 50 million good, it's subs. Good that happens every time. And I'd recently become one of them. Hang on a minute. For me, this was a huge endorsement. Hang on a minute. He goes Hang on, on to a say, second. What's your Hang problem? on a second. What's your problem? Hang on. <laughs> What's the issue? Is this a woman who's found this other shard? <laughs> it might well You're be. You're not saying it that there's well going to be. be some competition for Art 3 Miss, are you? Well, I mean, Another she's been resting on her tra- laurels. She has. <laughs> fucking up in the middle of the night the doing that film. Yeah. Most Gunter shows were hosted by clueless fame seekers, but this isn't true of the lowdown, which is pretty serious. He says that Lohengrin has this like incredible personality and, it, and an incredible life philosophy. And no birthmarks. <laughs> which <laughs> the life philosophy is the second most highlighted part of the book so far. So I'm going to read it in full. This is how they start the voiceover to the lowdown. The first O is a zero. I just want to make that clear. Every time? Every time. Oh. Some people define themselves by railing against... I feel kind of called out by, by this life philosophy. Some people define themselves by railing against all of the things they hate while explaining why everyone else should hate it too. But not me. I prefer to lead with my love. To define myself through joyous yawps of admiration instead of cynical declarations of disdain. That's got nothing to do with the seven shards riddle nothing to do with the seven shards riddle it's just shoehorned in it's so just... that Ernest can say that his critics are all bad faith yep and also so that he can get away with having any politics he wants toxic positivity yeah. um, my appreciation for Lohengrin and her show may have been slightly coloured by the fact that ah. I developed a mild crush on no! her no she was cute smart that. funny and fearless she was also a vocal high five super fan that's their like five co-founders i think her own gunter clan called themselves the low five the first o is a is it's a, a zero, zero. Uh. <laughs> most flattering of all her avatar's name was a not so subtle tribute to my own because in several german versions of the king arthur legend lohengrin was the name of parzival's son and lohengrin it turns out is a a real f- like a super fan not one of these so, fake fans so hang on <laughs> It's his, it's his implication that he thinks that she's got some kind of like daddy, daddy. fantasy about Wade <laughs> Owen Watts. Wow. If so, she's the freakiest person You've on You've got to respect She's it. the horniest person the horn. on the Oni. <laughs> That's going some. She has been an unwavering fan even throughout the disastrous PR decisions he's made. Um, she doesn't care about the Parzival hate. And she's she doesn't care about the war crimes. Yeah. She doesn't care about the, the rocket full of cum that's just circling <laughs> the globe. 
Like many of Lohengrin's regular viewers, I was more than a little curious about her real-world identity, but she never talks about it, right? A tease, you could say. Oh! She only appeared as her Oasis avatar, which usually looked and sounded exactly like Helen Slater in The Legend of Billie Jean, a teenage girl with short blonde hair, piercing blue eyes and a faint southern accent. But like Ranma Satome, Saotome in Ranma... Half or one slash two. I don't know at all what I'm talking about here. Lohengrin was also famous for changing her avatar's gender unexpectedly and without warning, sometimes mid sentence. And he explains. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. But like, how does that manifest itself? Just physically? Yeah, just. Or do they announce like halfway through? No, just physically sometimes starts looking like James Spader. Specific. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> At what age? <laughs> well, thanks for asking. The age of his 1985 film, Tough Turf. Sure, okay. Regardless of her avatar's current gender, Lohengrin's public profile specified that her preferred gender pronouns were she and her. In her one-line user bio, she described herself as a, quote, wild-eyed pistol waver who ain't afraid to die. Pretty fucking cool. That like, is pretty cool. Agree. Yeah, me. So, it sounds Great. Our boy Ernest has the digihorn for Lohengrin. He does. Well, I think that you're you're doing it an injustice by saying it's confined to the digi world. Yeah, and he he actually he's lying in that himself. spider coffin, jacking it silly. He's wishing out loud for the anorak robes to just find her. <laughs> My robes of anorak gave me the ability to bypass the system's built-in security measures and access any Oasis user's private account information. Oh, good. So their true identity he's, he's, and doing some, he's doing some more doxing, is he? But despite my curiosity, I'd never access Lohengrin's account. Oh, that's good. Not because doing so would violate company policy and federal law. That had never stopped me in the past. No, <laughs> he says proudly. I told myself I was respecting her privacy. Yeah. But really, I was just worried that learning Lohengrin's true identity might ruin my enjoyment of her show. I knew he was going to say this. Robbing me of one of the few pleasures I had in life. As the richest (laughs) man in charge of everything. So, just to unpack that a little, he doesn't want to violate... It, like federal law and just any he's been stung by H already <laughs> because he doesn't want to find out that he's being that he's st- turned on by that a, he's got some parasocial relationship man. with a catfish of some kind yeah um, and that's the only thing stopping him yeah he truly is. is a hero he talks about how you know he hasn't been done by this like he had checked he had thought about this place before but he thought it was a bit obvious actually because Middletown was where <clears> one of the yeah, things whereas, the last whereas like, her home, like, mm. well, that's not obvious. I'd never considered Middletown a likely candidate for one of the seven worlds where the siren once played a role, um, because she was only there for a couple of years. So, like, why would you bother? So you, how can you play a role in just a couple of years? And he does specify again that, like, you know, I'd thought of it, but it's where one of the first puzzles was in Ready Player One, so that would be kind of weird it's to have silly, to do yeah. that twice. He closes her message and weighs his options of which there only appears to be one, which is he's going to find He's going to do it, yeah. I pulled up a three-dimensional map of the Oasis, then used my super user ability HUD to pinpoint the current location of Lohengrin's avatar. She's in Middletown. I made my avatar invisible and undetectable, then teleported to her exact location. He's just a End creep. Of chapter. Like, he's actually a full-on, like, murderous, stalking thing. <laughs> he's, you can't prove He's that. literally just... He's admitted it. It like, doesn't matter. He is, like, making himself invisible so that he could go and spy on people that he, like, crushes on and, and whose identity he only doesn't want to know in case he's no longer hard. I bet he's going to mention <coughs> that he could have looked up her real identity at any time. Well, that's what he meant. But, I mean, he's going to mention it to her. Oh, I see. Point. 
as like a nice just guy. Just so you know, I didn't. Just do so that. you know, like I could leave. I do it to people all the time. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't do it to you. I don't care about law and things like that. No, I'm no, no. I'm fucking wild. I'm not, I'm not, I've not got any kind of specific morality. I think we can agree that that chapter is very tonally distinct from the one that came before it. And I would argue not for the better. It, Definitely not for the better. God. Generally no. speaking, is just a list of places from other franchises that nothing was at. Yeah. He's looked at all these places that there are and there was nothing there. And then at the end, it's revealed that that was all pointless anyway because someone else found it for him. I mean, that's going to stalk them. But like, that is it. All that happened in this, effectively, all that happened in this chapter was he got an email. Yeah. So even though the, the, the topic is abundance and even though there was far, far more scare quotes in it yeah. than there was the last no, still nothing has happened we learnt the dates of a lot of different movies and games sorry that, that had the number seven in them yeah, yeah yeah no okay fine that's my bad I did I did it like and we learnt that you that. can just wear the robes of Alarak and wish for anything that happens you can do it yeah you can do any, you can know anything you want see anything you want go anywhere you want dox it's all anyone free you want. dox anyone that you, that you care to yeah, unless really cool. doxing them might make you less horny yeah then you won't want to then you just that's a really you, still could, you still could he will. That's yeah, point. yeah. He will. Yeah, yeah. Um, there we have it. Another Fucking powerful chapter hell. for this fortnight. And there's what one or two left. Oh, I think about that. Were, yeah. About okay, that. Good, good, good. We are. Let me just find this live on air. What would be I'm your so guess? Excited. For what percentage we are through? Thirty-five percent. It's twenty-six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. there's a lot of credits at the end. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, so many different yeah. other works. <laughs> Work cited is like its own book. Um, but here's hoping. We'll be back in two weeks from this very day that you're... Well, not the very day you're listening, the very day this came out. Uh, every other week we have a podcast called That's a Shame, which you can check out at shame.city slash TAS. You don't have to listen to the last one. You must. You don't should. have to. I can't remember what it was about. It was about nerd thigh strike. Oh, right? yeah. I mean... The, kind of vibes with this book it could yeah be. I suppose if you if you like Ready Player 2 yeah you probably will like Earth Thigh Strangling but yeah check that out as well where else can people get in touch and find things out and L- that listen the best places to go are as follows there's shame.city that's the website it's looking hot may I say Oof. and it's I'd got it. links to all of our various projects both present and potentially future Ooh. um there's the Discord, shame.city slash Discord. Come and join in. There's lots of discussion. Yeah. There's uh, like channels for all sorts. There's I've got people posting videos. In there. Isaac wears the robes of Anorak <laughs> really in fun. this very room just to it's go huge. on to discord.com. Um, you can also um, follow us over on Twitter at Big Bad Books for this show, at Shame City Gang for the general Shame City yep. family, or at That's a Shame cast for the regular show. We also stream over at shame.city slash Twitch, Beautiful which is another great place that you can find us. There's lots of art. There's lots of puzzles. There's uh, our friend, the Batman. He sometimes he comes, comes, sometimes, comes along. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. So there's all sorts of places you can find us. It's a really powerful time to be alive and to be in the Shame City community, I'd it say. It really is. Until a fortnight's time when I'm tasked with diving back into this book, I might actually try and like read this one soon and get it out of the way and then... But I guess I just forget everything because yeah. when nothing happens, it's actually quite hard to grasp. It really is. I can't really remember like any chapter. Every time, every time when I have it. to do the when I have to prepare the intro, I have to like listen back to the whole thing because I yeah. don't remember anything. It's really I'm, it's already slipping from my mind. We should maybe have done like a spark notes thing. That no, could be, that could be your job. Um, until then, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. I'm having a yawn. Bye, guys. <laughs>